2: your travel insurance
0: and prepare for takeoff
1: Hello fellow travelers,
2: hey squadies.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of the Travel Squad podcast. Today we're taking you on a tour through California's nine beautiful national parks.
0: California's national parks are true gems. They house the tallest trees in the world, the largest trees in the world, spectacular granite cliffs, and a ton of scenic beauty. I've been to them all and some of them I've been to more than once and I have plans to continue to go back and actually go to some of them.
2: Yes, and as a matter of fact, California has the most national parks out of any state. The one next behind is going to be Alaska. Alaska's like three, four times bigger and guess what? California has more. Best state, best coast, California. (laughs) Got to ref it real hard right here. And us at the squad, we love, 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 love national parks. And we are so fortunate that California is home to the most and that we've had the chance, at least Brittany and I, to experience them all. I know Kim hasn't yet, but we want to take the time in this episode to let you guys know about all nine and each one and their uniqueness and what's so great about it.
1: Yeah, I haven't been to all of them yet, but I really want to go to Redwoods National Park.
0: Beautiful, beautiful national park.
1: All right, so let's kick it off with some tips for visiting California's national parks. I would say you'll probably want to plan multiple trips to see them all because these nine really do span the entire length of the state. Mm -hmm. It's a huge state. It probably takes you know, 12 to 16, maybe even more than that hours to drive the whole thing. So it'd be a very long trip. You could do it in one trip, one epic California road trip vacation, but you could also make several trips out
0: of it. You know, my favorite tip, of course, is to download the offline maps. A lot of these national parks are in remote places and you'll be going through remote terrain. So you're going to want the offline map so you don't get lost when navigating.
2: Yes, and California is always known for its year-round beauty, and it's no exception for the national parks, but do your research. Some national parks are either closed or certain sections closed in the winter because of snow, or certain paths into the park are closed because of winter. For example, like in Yosemite, Tioka Pass is closed during the winter season, so if you're going to make like a route and do stuff, you got to know that you can't exit this way to get more conveniently to, say, for example, Joshua Tree. Death Valley on that mm-hmm. side, right? So definitely pay attention to what's going on based on the season when you go. And I will say this, I know I'm talking about winter, some parks are just better in one or two for that matter.
1: Yes. Yeah. There's one on here in particular that I would recommend winter over summer.
0: So we're going to go ahead and take you through this tour of California's nine national parks. And we're going to start from north to south. And first national park we're going to dive into is Redwoods National Park. And Kim, I don't think you have been to Redwoods National Park. You were just saying you wanted to go there.
1: I do. The, the super, super tall trees. I love forested national parks over like deserty ones. So Redwoods is high on my list. We were actually trying to plan a trip with our friend Robin for May or March, but it didn't quite work out. And this is where we were kind of planning on going. So maybe soon I'll get my chance.
0: Yes. And Redwoods is located in Northern California along the coast. And of course it's home to the Redwood trees, but the park also protects prairies, Oak woodlands, wild rivers, and 40 miles of beautiful, rugged coastline.
2: Yeah, so like Brittany said, Redwoods National Park is in Northern California along the coast, along famous 101. We always talk about California 1, but there is also the 101, and that is a very iconic drive, too. And so it just passes right through here, and you're not too far from the Oregon border, as a matter of fact. But what makes Redwoods National Park so unique, and we talked about it earlier, is this is the location of the tallest trees in the world. We're talking 300 plus tall trees, and the tallest tree in the world is located here. It's named Hyperion, 380 feet tall, and they keep that location secret. So maybe you'll stumble across it and not really know, but they like to keep that portion isolated. But rest assured, you're going to see hundreds of trees 300 plus feet tall here.
0: And Jamal said that, you know, the highway goes through this national park. And because it's a major highway, they actually don't charge a park entrance fee. Ooh, a free national park. Yes. Yes. Fuck them hard.
2: Get it on this one.
0: And so there is um, another trail that we did. It's called the Carl Knapp Trail. And there's a tree called the Big Tree on this trail. And it's estimated to be 1,500 years old. It's like 286 feet tall. And it spans 23.7 feet across. Like I know Jamal and I took a picture in front of it. And we both put our arm spans out. And the tree was still like larger than what we had. Oh my gosh. Yes, it was huge. Huge
1: bitch. At this national park, is it mostly just trails to see trees or is there any like a moderate or extreme hiking?
0: You know, I didn't really come across any extreme hiking um, when we went, but we went with Jamal's sisters. And so we were also on a little road trip to Oregon. So I didn't dive too deep into it, but there are a whole bunch of different sections of the park. And so there are some remote sections and I think those are the longer Backpacking trails that you can get to.
2: Stuff that's more closer to the highway. I don't want to say it's flat. I mean you're coastal kind of mountainous, but not really too mountainous. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say they are very strenuous, but very beautiful forested area for the tall trees. It's mostly Wonderful. what you're gonna come across.
1: So it's oh, a walk in the park and it's a free park. That's amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. I really, really want to go back and do a trail called the James Irvine Trail to Fern Canyon. It's like a 12 mile trail, but you start in a redwood forest, then you go to the coast and then you see some dripping walls and streams of cobbles of Fern Canyon, and then you end up on the beach. So I would really love to do that. Is that part of the park? I think it is.
1: Yeah. Okay. Then I think I have been to this park because I was visiting a friend in Arcata so Humboldt County. That's where this is, right? Humboldt County-ish area?
2: In that area, yes. And
1: we did Fern Canyon and it was this really cool canyon. Tons of ferns everywhere. There were big trees that had fallen over that you had to climb on top of to get across. So I maybe went to this park and didn't even know it.
0: Yeah, because the Redwoods National Park is also incorporated with the state park. And so I think all of that is in that area. Oh, okay. Look at that. I've already been here. Yeah. I got to mark it off on my map.
1: Well, we got to do a (laughs)
2: squat. trip up there all of us will do that one again because brittany wants to do it and take you to the other portions of the park then kim yeah so moving on from redwoods national park number two lassen volcanic national park still in northern california
1: i haven't been here so tell me does it actually look like a volcano
0: So there's a lot of volcanic activity within the park. I wouldn't say it looks necessarily like a volcano. Um, I think Volcanoes National Park in Hawaii outlines that a little bit more. But um, it's a very rich hydrothermal site and it has bubbling mud pots. And we actually did hike the summit of Mount Lassen. We went to Lassen Peak and it gives really amazing views of the surrounding wilderness.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, that's really the only theme you're going to have with the volcanic is the geothermal activity. Lassen Peak itself just looks like any other mountain when you're looking at it. However, when you do do the hike, which we have done, then you're at the top of it. And when you're at the top of it, it looks like it. But from the view down below, if you're not, it just looks like any other hill. Mm-hmm. But there's the boiling mud pots. So you can smell the geothermal activity in the area. The sulfur. The sulfur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has a lot to offer. And Brittany and I have been several times. But this is one of those national parks that during certain times of the year, major portions are closed because of snow. Mm-hmm. This is on the north end of the Sierra Nevada mountains, but not in the Sierra Nevadas. I think it's part of the southern portion of what? The Cascade Mountains, correct?
0: I Think so. Like Lassen Peak, you can't even access the road until May or June because of the snow. So you hike it late in the season. And one other thing to know is when you get to the top of Lassen Peak, the elevation's over ten thousand feet. And so hiking up this, you'll feel out of breath. You'll feel that altitude definitely. Like I remember going up a portion, I was like, "Why am I so out of breath?" <laughs> and then I saw the sign that we were at like nine thousand something feet, and I was like, "Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better."
2: And a little bit north of Lassen Volcanic National Park is another famous mountain in California, Mount Shasta. That is a volcano. And if you go a little bit more north, that looks more like a volcano than Lassen. And you can tell it from that point.
0: But this national park, even if you don't go hiking in it, there's a lot to see. There's a lot of beautiful crystalline lakes, mountains, flower fields, meadows, and there's a lot of viewpoints as well. So it's a national park you can enjoy. Even if you're not doing a lot of hiking, we took Jamal's parents and they're not very active and they had a really good time.
2: Yeah, we drove through and they have on the drive so many little stop points where you can see those geothermal pools and mud boiling pots and the beautiful views. So definitely, you know, I know we've had an episode on no hike national parks. This maybe could have even been on there for sure. We'll
1: have to do a part two because Redwoods as well. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And then you guys have been to a place called Bernie Falls. Yes. Yes. I saw your pictures of it and I was just like shooting myself thinking, why didn't I ever go here when I lived in Sacramento? Because it looks so cool.
0: Yeah, it was a really awesome waterfall. It's only 45 minutes north of Lassen Volcanic National Park. And Jamal's mom really, really enjoyed it. The water is just cascading down these rocks, making it super beautiful. And there's little trails around the area. Even if you want to just go and look at the viewpoint and look down at it, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is one of the most gorgeous waterfalls in California.
2: Yeah. So the McBurney Falls is not within the National Park, but it's so close that you could almost do a twofer. And it's very beautiful scenic iconic California in that region. So I would highly recommend doing that if you had the time and getting that fur in.
1: Mm-hmm. Number three on our list is a national park that I have been to, and it's very famous, and that is Yosemite National
2: Park.
0: California's gem baby. I
2: mean this might be the crown jewel of California's national parks to be honest and Brittany and I have been several times we have trips to go again because there's just so much to do here. The views never get old but so many hikes galore that we just want to accomplish on this one.
0: What mountain range is it in Jamal?
2: It is in the beautiful sierra nevada mountain range the most iconic mountain range i dare say in the world but that is my biased opinion as a californian as a matter of fact as we work our way through this list we're going to come across two other national parks that are in the sierra nevadas there should have been a fourth lake tahoe believe it or not was supposed to be named a national park they never did it for reasons which we won't get into but that's how beautiful the sierra range is there could have been four national parks and there's three yosemite first one we're talking about number one.
1: There are some pretty famous trails here. I know in the past we've talked about doing Half Dome. That's a permitted trail that you have to climb up chains for. Mm -hmm. And um, I've kind of reconsidered that um, (laughs) goal of mine. I don't think I will be doing it, but a lot of people do it. There's some pretty epic videos out there on YouTube. You should check it out just to like really see how crazy this hike is.
0: Yeah, you know, Yosemite has so much to offer. It has the giant sequoia trees, the amazing, beautiful granite cliffs and also a lot of amazing waterfalls. And so although Kim isn't going to do Half Dome, (laughs) Jamal and I do have that goal, but there is a trail called the Mist Trail and it takes you up to Vernal Falls and then you can continue to Nevada Falls. And right near Nevada Falls is actually where the trail continues to go to Half Dome if you had those permits. If you don't, you can still basically climb and hike some of the Half Dome Trail. And you just don't go up to the Half Dome Cable portion. You just continue down on the Mist Trail.
2: Yeah. So we've done the first two thirds. We haven't done the completion, but rest assured one of these days we are going to get our permits for Half Dome. Now Half Dome is the iconic image of Yosemite. If you Google Yosemite, I guarantee you're going to see that big granite face that looks like a dome, like a half circle. And so that is what you are hiking the backside of when you do the Half Dome hike. But like Brittany said, so many iconic spots. Yosemite Falls, number one. El Capitan is another one for you. And so just so many things. I can't reiterate enough how much Yosemite is the crown jewel of the national parks in California. And Kim, you've had a bear sighting here. Brittany Please. and I have had a bear sighting here. You're going to see wildlife galore in this park.
1: Yeah. And was- it actually on that mist trail that I saw the bear. Just simply walking, there were people who were taking a picture of something off the trail and was looking at it, trying to see what it was. And I couldn't see, kept walking. Boom, the bear runs from one side of the trail to the other, right behind me.
2: And you went in April, right? So uh, I went in March. In March. Okay, mm-hmm. so it was early, probably maybe out of hibernation or just kind of change of the season, getting real active. That's exciting yeah, it was, stuff. It was
1: scary. But he was just digging for berries out of a log.
2: Very nice. (laughs) And this is where I was talking about earlier here, you know, Yosemite, they have that Tioga Pass. This will take you from within Yosemite from the western side of the Sierra Nevadas to the eastern side and out kind of into the desert area, but closed during the winter because there is usually a lot of snowpack.
0: If you're going to Yosemite specifically for the waterfalls, the waterfalls are going to be the best in the spring or early summer season. The waterfalls are going to die out a bit in late summer and fall. So just keep that in mind. Jamal and I are actually headed to actually hike Yosemite Falls, which is North America's tallest waterfall next weekend.
2: So by the time this episode airs, we've already done it.
0: Yes.
1: We always say download offline maps and you definitely need that in Yosemite. There is no cell phone service in this park. In the main area where they do have like a bunch of food and and shopping stuff, you can get some service there, but nowhere else. I even stayed in a hotel called the Cedar Lodge and it's just outside the park. Maybe, I don't know, 10 minute, 15 minute drive outside the park. No cell phone service there.
0: You know what's so funny is that was one of the places that popped up when we were looking to book, but we didn't stay there because you had to buy the Wi-Fi. You have to buy the Wi-Fi. Yeah. I was like, pass. And there was like
1: no restaurants around there. They did have one like bar restaurant with bar food that we ended up eating at, but there was nothing. This was before COVID.
2: Oh, yeah. I would say the largest city that's close that would have stuff is going to be Mariposa. Anywhere else close to Yosemite that's not in Mariposa is going to have that same problem you're talking about. No cell service, isolated from food and things like that as you're getting more into the park and the wild area.
0: Hey travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk all about our traveler itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries, one week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekend or Road Trip.
2: A week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks.
0: A road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks.
2: Big Island, Hawaii. And an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks.
0: We are obsessed with
1: these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 page PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, and driving distance between between attractions, plus what things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend and their mileage and the time to allow for each one and so much more. We
0: have story highlights on our Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast, where you can see the full guides. We've done all of the research and have taken these exact trips, taking out all of the guesswork from the planning. So all that you have to do is show up and have fun.
2: Purchase your comprehensive Travel Squad Podcast itinerary on our website at TravelSquadPodcast.com. Best of all, they're on sale right now for $30. So travel on over and get yours today.
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do?
2: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDIC. So moving on to number four, we're going further south, but still staying in the beautiful Sierra Nevada mountain range. Number four, Kings Canyon National Park.
0: So Kings Canyon actually touches Sequoia National Park, and this national park is really known for its huge sequoia trees, notably the General Grant tree in Grant Grove. We saw that as a squad on Easter one year um, (laughs) before we got lost on a 16 mile hike.
2: Now, General Grant is the second largest tree in the world. So if you remember when we were talking about redwoods at number one, they are the tallest trees. The largest trees are here in Kings Canyon and Sequoia, which we're going to get to next. And when we say largest versus tallest, we're talking by volume. I mean, these trees are still hundreds of feet tall, just not as tall as the other redwoods. But these ones have more girth to them, ladies.
1: A lot of girth.
2: Lot Lots of girth. of girth. Bernie was talking about, oh, we spread our hands. It barely did anything. It's nothing compared to the girth on these ones.
1: You look like a tiny ant against that tree.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, when we went out as a squad, we really stayed in the forested area. We really didn't see Kings Canyon. And so Jamal and I have actually gone back and we went farther into the canyon and we did a hike called the Mist Falls Trail. It's a nine mile hike, but it's actually not very high in elevation gain, but it really highlights the granite canyon walls and the falls are at the end. And it's a really, really nice, beautiful scenic. And I would recommend that to really get a feel for Kings Canyon.
2: I know the first time we went there as a squad and Kim took us on that (laughs) four-mile hike that turned into a 16-mile hike where we got Uh lost, I thought to myself, where's the canyon? We didn't even (laughs) see it. We're in the forest. You got to go to the back country to see the canyon, and it gives you a whole different perspective of the park, and it's really nice, and I would recommend for sure, like Brittany said, that Mist Falls Trail.
1: Okay, that makes more sense because I have only gone once that time we went and I thought it looks exactly like Sequoia National Park and they're touching each other. So why have it be two? Right. But the canyon, I guess, is what makes it unique. That Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I need to go back and see the canyon then.
0: And when we rebooked the trip, I was like, I actually have to see King's Canyon. I feel like I didn't see it the first time. And and we really didn't. And so the farther back you go, you see more of those great granite cliffs and you'll feel like, okay, now I know why this is named this national park.
2: And a couple pieces of information for you. General Grant is actually named America's Christmas tree. So every year around Christmas, I think I forgot which president it was, but he deemed it as such. And it's just kind of kept that title ever since. And if you want more information specifically, specifically about Kings Canyon National Park, hearing that story on how we got lost Mm -hmm. on that 16 mile hike. It's a good one. And of Sequoia, which we're getting to next, go back and listen to one of our OG episodes, episode number five, still one of my favorites talking about our trip as a squad to Kings Canyon and Sequoia.
1: It is funny. And squad tip. Do not eat the pizza. In the visitor center. (laughs) You will regret it. it. (laughs) You
2: know, some national parks have good food that we've come across, especially the larger ones that have like cafeterias and things. But... I mean, we were famished because we (laughs) ate that pizza on Easter after being lost on that 16 mile hike. I swear we only had like a banana (laughs) and like a stale bagel to hold us over because it wasn't supposed to be that long. We all took our first bite and looked at each other. And you know, when you're hungry, you could power and eat through anything because you're just like, fuck, I'm hungry. Like we didn't even want to eat the pizza. That's how bad (laughs) it was. That's how bad it was.
0: But that leads us right into number five on our list, Sequoia National Park. This park is known for its giant sequoia trees. That's why it's named that. And it has General Sherman tree. This is the largest tree on earth by volume.
2: Yes. So Sequoia has number one, General Sherman. Kings Canyon has number two, General Grant. Like we said earlier, they touch. So on the highway, you can drive from one park to the next. So it's a twofer. You got to do them both. And I know we were hyping up Yosemite, and it deserves very much to be hyped up. But I'm going to go ahead and say this. Sequoia is my favorite national park in California. Me
1: too. I, I agree with that. I loved it. I thought it was so beautiful. I loved the trees, the forest. It was like green and orange and it was great. You mm-hmm.
2: feel so small when you're in here. Like the redwoods are tall and it's crazy, but when you just really see, and you know, obviously we were making innuendo jokes earlier, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> like when you just really see the girth and how wide these tree trunks are, like you can't even really believe it. It's ridiculous like really ridiculous. And you're really humbled when you are in there. And these trees are estimated, you know, at least General Sherman, at least in a lot of the large trees in the groves are estimated to be between 2,300 to 2,700 years old.
0: General Sherman is huge. He's 275 feet tall. He's still growing. And he lives in the giant forest, which contains five of the 10 largest trees in the world.
1: Yeah, it's funny. The walkway to go up and see it where the sign is and everyone takes pictures, it's in the middle,
0: but all
1: around are equally as large trees that mm-hmm. are just as good to take pictures with. You can't really even tell this is the biggest one. They're all huge.
2: Yeah. And that's what you want to do. Like one year seeing General Sherman go ahead and do the congress trail it takes you on a beautiful path not very steep incline or anything like that and it's very well paved but it takes you amongst all those very large trees that we're talking about and it just gives you an awesome sense of perspective and in this area we also saw another bear it wasn't when we were on the hike but the main road was there and do you remember we saw it crossing the Mm -hmm. road also so wildlife galore here in this park just as well
0: Another highlight of Sequoia National Park is Moro Rock. Moro Rock is a giant granite dome and has a concrete stone stairway with 350 steps to the top, has really awesome panoramic views of the foothills, the San Joaquin Valley, and just the overall wilderness. That
1: time we went as a squad back in April, this trail was closed because of weather.
2: Yeah, they still had too much snow, snow on it. Snow and
0: ice and it's steep so like if it was icy you would definitely fall and hurt yourself
2: they have areas where it's steep along the edge where they have the rail but i see why it's closed like even if there's not too much snow it could still have that like ice sheet mm-hmm. and if you slipped and fell you could slip and fall off the sheer edge of the mm-hmm. granite cliff so definitely closed for safety moral rock but it does give you good views down into the valley like Brittany said but you don't really get the sense of the trees in this area, but you get a nice panoramic view.
0: And sequoia has a tunnel log, which is one of the huge giant sequoia trees that has fallen down and it was too large to move. So they've carved a tunnel through it and you can drive through it.
2: That's really unique. If you Google, you'll see lots of cars doing the drive-through on that. It's a very iconic shot.
0: There was another
1: log that we could walk through. It was the same kind of idea. Mm -hmm, We got a lot of cute pictures there.
2: Why not? I mean, the trees (laughs) are just impressive. I mean, they really, really are. And I I do love Sequoia. And I want to go to Sequoia at first snowfall, whether it be like October, November when it comes and just have that kind of layer and the giant forest. I mean, I know when we went in April, there was still snow and everything like that, but I want it kind of when it has the the overcastness and it just came down fresh. I think that would be cool because I see photos of that online. I've never experienced it, and I want to so bad. I think it would be just majestic.
0: Did you know that there's caves in Sequoia National Park? No. Yeah, crystal caves. I really want to go back and wow. do them. Ooh. That's what it's called, crystal cave. But yeah, we haven't gone and done them yet, and it's definitely on my to-do list.
1: Number six national park is Pinnacles National Park. This one is interesting because it is California's newest national park. It actually became a national park back in 2013. It was previously designated as a national monument back in like 1908 by Teddy Roosevelt.
2: Mr. Roosevelt himself. Good old Roosevelt. V.O.G. Roosevelt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we actually were on a trip trying to go to Big Sur the Big Sur Mm -hmm.
2: not Big Sur road trip
1: (laughs) and it didn't quite work out because of a landslide and so we ended up here by chance and I'm really glad that we did
0: and we liked it so much that Jamal and I have gone back and we explored even more of Pinnacles there's actually a west side and an east side And you can't drive from one side to the other. You have to go all the way around. Really love this national park. I think it's super underrated in California. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, and so this park is 80 miles southeast of San Jose. So really not too far from the southern end of the Bay Area, San Francisco-ish. Obviously, it's further from San Francisco than San Jose. But just to give you some geographical context, and the park's namesake is because of the eroded leftovers of an extinct volcano that was in the area. And basically, you know, the San Andreas Fault runs through California. So the volcano has gone extinct. But these pinnacles that they name it are the solidified kind of magma and rocks of the volcano that have just like eroded away and are left standing there. During summer, it gets hot. But during the right time of year after, you know, winter, when it's still like green and lush with Mm -hmm. the color contrast, it's really, really beautiful.
1: Yeah, that time we went was in March, and it was a rainy time of year. I think it was raining on this trip beautiful greenery. I had a friend that went in summer and I was really hyping it up. I was like, you have to go. It was really cool. And they ended up going in summer, said it was really hot. It was barren. It wasn't nice at all.
2: Oh yeah. But when you're there, when it's green and lush, it is like a beautiful green.
1: Yeah. So Mm -hmm. this is one we would recommend going in winter or spring over summer.
0: We did some really good hikes on the west side. We did the Juniper Canyon Loop. That was a really good trail. What's awesome about this national park, it's one of the parks where they release condors into the wild. And so we got to see some flying. Yeah, a whole bunch. Both trips. And that was really cool. And the higher that you hike up, the closer you get to the condors in the sky. So pretty amazing to see them.
2: Yeah. And the last time that we were there, we did a hike called the Bear Gulch Loop. But it doesn't matter what hike you'll do. You're going to go ahead and see the condors quite honestly, but point being of why I say that is people bring their binoculars and they can see with their binoculars the condors and you can actually see them tagged. So you can identify which condor is what based off of their tag because I don't know how many people know this, the condors were literally on the verge of extinction. There was maybe about like 16 of the California condors left. They captured them all, did a breeding program for them actually at the San Diego Zoo and Wild Animal Park that we have down here in our current hometown area. And they have bred enough of them that they've released them into the wild, here at Pinnacles, a couple other national parks, but there's still only about like 300 in the wild. So still a very, very small population.
0: And Pinnacles National Park is also known for some of the caves that they have. They actually have two famous caves. They're called Talus Caves. And a talus cave is a cave that's formed when boulders pile up on top of like mountain slopes and create that natural cave. And so these caves are actually important to many bat species. And so they close them during different times of the year when it's like bat mating season. But when Jamal and I went in January, we were actually able to go into the Bear Gulch cave. And it was really cool and awesome to explore within.
2: Oh yeah. You need to bring a flashlight when you're hiking through there, climbing up through it. There's even water caressing and waterfalls coming through. It's really, really nice. And if you want to hear more about Pinnacles National Park, go back to episode 11, our Big Sur Not Big Sur road trip. And we talk more in detail about our adventures out there.
0: Number seven on our list is Channel Islands National Park. It's actually not on California's land. It's off of the coast of California, and you have to take a boat to get there.
2: Yes, if you couldn't tell by the name islands, they are islands off of the coast. Now, these are in Southern California, off the coast of Ventura County, which is north of Los Angeles. Again, just to give people some geographical context. Now, there are five main islands out there. And like Brittany said, you could only reach it by boat. Each island is unique in its own right. Brittany and I, when we went, we only went to Anacapa Island. They have a famous old lighthouse out there. And that's actually the island where all the seagulls nest and mate and have their chicks. For whatever reason, they don't go to the other four, believe it or not. They just all congregate on that one. But each island, like we said, unique in their own right. And there's even places where you can actually swim amongst the giant kelp forests that they have off the islands. We didn't get to do that, which was a real bummer. I don't know if I
1: would want that stuff touching me. The kelp? Yeah.
2: Well, it's very prominent, but it's not so thick that you're going to be touching it as you swim through. It's like spread out, but they're just so tall that, you know, you can maneuver your way through there. But a lot of seals and sea lions are in that area. And that made me think of sharks. And so I'm just like, I didn't (laughs) really want to do it at that point. But I still think it would be fun to do, but on a different island trip.
0: We also did a hike. It was called Inspiration Point. And if you look up and Google Channel Islands National Park, the picture that you're going to get where you look out to all of the islands, that's from Inspiration Point.
1: Very inspiring. It's actually funny how many national parks have points called Inspiration Point.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> Almost everyone, right?
2: Well, that's what they're here for, to inspire. The only other, I mean, I know there's more. One that comes to mind is going to be Grand Teton, Inspiration Point. We hiked up to Inspiration Point at that one. And here's another one at Channel Islands National Park.
0: If I were to go back to Channel Islands National Park, I would love to kayak and explore some sea caves. I think that would be really cool to do. Do you know if they
1: do any like tours where you go to multiple islands?
0: You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if they do one island hop or if you just pick one island for the day. Because mm, I think
1: that would be cool if we could find something like a Viator tour or something like that where it's a day thing or they're touring you through the different islands on the boat Mm-hmm. Lunch, maybe some rum punch involved. Oh, that sounds
2: <laughs> ideal already. But on that note, Kim, we chose Anacapa because it is the closest island to the coast. All of the other ones are further farther. out. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I know that took a long time to get out there when we did our charter. Because again, it was with a private company. The only way to get out there is you have your own boat or you take another boat out there. And I can't imagine them being able to fit more than three in a day unless you're spending the night out there. On on the boat before they take you and it's kind of like a multi-day thing mm-hmm. it takes a good amount of time and if you're going to explore the islands and do stuff i don't think you could hit more than potentially three if not only two quite honestly
1: so no island hopping
0: not really <laughs> not not like you did in Kauai, right yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's cool i would like to go i'd like to snorkel out there too i think that'd be fun
0: i bet there's a lot of good snorkeling out there i think the kayaking in the sea caves would be cool it would just be really nice to go back
2: So number eight is going to be Death Valley National Park. We've taken you from the mountainous areas along the coast and inland to the mountains, out to the sea. And here we are, these last two kind of rounding out California's desert area. And we did a squad trip to Death Valley National Park, one of my favorite trips that we've taken as a squad. And what makes Death Valley National Park unique is it is the hottest and driest place on planet Earth. And it has the lowest point of any of the national parks or any place on earth other than the Dead Sea in Israel and Jordan, for that matter. Mm. So second lowest point. It's like a couple hundred feet below sea level.
1: California is so unique. We have the tallest trees, the largest trees, the lowest point, the Mm -hmm. hottest point. Like, we're pretty cool over here.
2: Oh, yeah. I would like to say we have the tallest mountain in Mount Whitney. We don't. I think the tallest one is uh, in Alaska. Mount Ah. Denali, right? But here in California, of the contiguous U.S., we have the tallest. And as a matter of fact, you can actually see Mount Whitney from Death Valley.
1: Interesting. The tallest point and the lowest point are near each other. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. This was a really cool national park, though. I know, like... Talking about it being the hottest place and driest place doesn't sound that great, but it actually is really cool. They have a portion of the park called Mesquite Sand Dunes, and it's these huge sand dunes you can walk around. I'm sure you could go sledding like if you brought a sled. I bet you could. Yeah, they were huge. It's fun to walk around there and get a little workout in, too.
2: It's fun to go barefoot in that, but not during summer. We went during winter in Mm. January and it was still warm, like 70 degrees, but it was tolerable. If you actually go during hotter times, I mean, I think the record temperature breaking was like 134 degrees.
0: I would not
1: go in the summer.
0: Yeah, you know, people, I guess, do come in the summer just to feel that heat because they've never felt heat like that before. Mm -hmm. But I can't even imagine, like, wanting to get out of the car if it was that hot. But to each their own. We saw a lot of cool things, though, while we were in Death Valley. Kim mentioned the sand dunes. We also went and saw the salt flats, which are like these polygon salt formations that Death Valley is very famous for. And there are a lot of really beautiful viewpoints, like Zabriskie Point. It's the most famous viewpoint in the entire park there. And it overlooks these beautiful golden badlands. And that
1: was really, really pretty. And there was like a little abandoned mine kind of things as you walked on this trail. And that was cool. They
2: did some sort of mining back in the day out here. I think it was for borax or something like that. Does that sound about right? I think is the name of the material that they were mining.
1: Silver maybe as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But you know... I mean, we're talking about it being hot, and it really is, but I think people underestimate the beauty of a desert, and there's so many different desert landscapes here within Death Valley. You have sand dunes, then you have dry, then you have the salt formations, and then when Brittany was talking about that, that's where Badwater Basin is, the lowest point, 282 feet below sea level. I mean, just crazy, crazy, crazy. I love Death Valley, and I do want to go back. I don't know if I have the courage to go there during the summer, not that I don't think I could handle the heat my concern is is that heat gonna break down my car how much i'm blasting the ac out there and then i don't want to be stuck out there that's my concern
1: i enjoyed it when we went in january me too
2: yeah and then we did all the touring around the first day the second day we actually did a hike and that's where we did we want to call it spelunking i mean we really went through that little slot canyon area and into the caves and climbing through the rocks and it was really fun there's lots to do out here
0: so squad tip for you guys You really don't get cell service within the park and so make sure you do your research on what your hike entrances are going to look like because to get into that slot canyon we had a hard time finding the entrance. So that's why we would say download offline maps, do your research, make sure you know what you're looking for while you're traversing through Death Valley. Yeah and I want to make sure that you guys have
1: the information. It's called Sidewinder Slot Canyon and it's lesser known there weren't hardly any people on this trail with us and it's close enough that you could do it like we did, highly recommend it. So that's some insider info for you.
2: That was a really fun one. The Sidewinder Slot Canyon, absolutely. And another piece to mention here is you are not too far from the Nevada border. So what we did after our hiking is we ended up going to Pahrump, Nevada. We played some bingo (laughs) that night, ate some Thai food. And you'd think Pahrump, Nevada, probably never heard of it. I don't blame you. I don't think it had a population more than like 800 people. I'm not even going to lie. Some of the best Thai food I've ever had was in that place.
1: Very spicy.
2: Very spicy. It messed up my stomach. We all know about this. You want to hear the story, go back and listen to episode 23 where we talk (laughs) all about it. But the Thai food was so, so good. Just incredibly spicy.
1: You definitely want to go back and listen to that episode. There's some (laughs) funny stories in that one.
2: Oh, yeah. We're just going to tease him with that. We won't tell him exactly what was too funny about it.
1: (laughs) All right. Now, number nine and the last national park on our list is Joshua Tree National Park. This one is... Surprise, surprise, known for its Joshua trees. Really? Yeah, imagine that. But it's not only about Joshua trees, and these trees are really beautiful, but it also has these huge, rugged rock formations. Bouldering is really big out there. Mm -hmm. Like, really pretty desert landscape, and you can see the stars so good at night.
2: A lot of people from the LA area, because this isn't like close to LA, like close, close, but it's not far either, or just in general, Southern California, come out here to really do camping because it gives you incredible incredible views of the night sky it's isolated enough that you don't have any light pollution mm-hmm. other pollution in general and it gives you that whole unique landscape i would say like joshua tree is kind of like I hate to say it to this and scare people off from going cuz it shouldn't be but like a yuppie place to go for some people, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I've I've heard people from LA will go out there and do like ayahuasca kind of experiences. Interesting. Yeah. I you know. know,
0: there's a really cool Airbnb experience, a stay that I've been eyeing. It's an airstream that you stay in at night, but you know, during the day or if you're just hanging out outside, there's an outdoor bed and there is a hot tub too. So it'd be really cool to stay there.
2: And another unique thing about the park is its uniqueness of the desert oasis that it is. I mean, it is the Mojave Desert and yet it kind of meets with the Colorado River area. So you have these two unique ecosystems that kind of merge together to form Joshua Tree.
1: When Brittany and I went, we did a little girls trip and we did the Lost Horse Mine Trail and it was really good. I think it was like six and a half miles or so. And I would recommend
0: that one. It was a nice Nice walk. Yeah, it really showed off the beautiful desert landscape, the Joshua trees. We did that on a girls' trip. Highly recommend.
2: Do any of you guys watch American Horror Story? Brittany and I used to watch it and she stopped because she stopped being into it, but I like it still. Did you ever watch any of the American Horror Stories? Yeah,
1: I've seen some. I stopped watching when they did the circus one. Oh, okay. So it kind of, well,
2: the (laughs) reason why I bring it up is one of the most recent seasons, they actually had one where people from LA go out to Joshua Tree, but they had an alien abduction and they were like experimented on out there. But that kind of ties into what I was saying about like people from LA really, to go out there and they did a glamping experience and a kind of off topic but
1: yeah i hear there's a bunch of different glamping kind of experiences out there mm-hmm. probably because so many la people go but yeah it's a good one it's a great one we actually have somewhat of an episode on this if you go back to episode 30 we talk about this girl's trip where we went here we also did another really cool slot canyon ladder canyon trail here so i would highly recommend listening to that one
2: did you ladies have any final thoughts about California's nine national parks before we get into questions of the week?
1: My final thought is that I'm like trying to see what I can go back to or what I can plan. I want to go to Redwood really bad. I want to go back to Sequoia and see those crystal caves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'd love to go out to Channel Islands. This is it just making me want to travel. That's my final thought. (laughs)
2: I mean, we had this episode specifically because all of these ones are such like iconic, unique national parks. And I don't just say this partially because we're from California. I mean, I've obviously been in national parks in other states that I would say are for sure better than some of these nine. But just California is so unique in its diversity and landscape that all of these are just exceptional national parks all around.
0: Yeah, you really can't go wrong with visiting any of these national parks, but if you have the time, do some research, plan a few road trips, hit off different sections of California, you're really going to enjoy seeing all of California's national parks.
2: All right, Kim, I think it's your time.
0: Questions of the week.
1: First question coming in is asking, which California national park is your favorite?
0: Well, I feel like Kim and Jamal already answered this question within the episode. You both said sequoia was your favorite.
2: Yes, and I'm going to stick with it. And I would say because of the trees, I mean, it's just absolutely breathtaking. It's also a twofer. So, I mean, I hate to not give Kings Canyon credit (laughs) in that sense of things since they touch. But I like it because of the twofer, the trees, and then I would put Yosemite as a second for sure.
0: I would have to say Yosemite is probably my favorite national park with Sequoia being a close second. But I just think the scenery in Yosemite is just breathtaking with all of those granite cliffs and the waterfalls are amazing there. Like if you go in spring and really enjoy those waterfalls, beautiful. Okay. And question number
1: two is what was the first national park that you ever visited?
0: I actually think that the first national park I ever visited was Redwoods when I was probably four, maybe five years old. I remember going with my dad, my grandma, and my brother. And I think we also visited Sequoia around that time too.
1: I think for me, without knowing it, when I took that trip to Arcata when I was 18 and went to Fern Canyon, that was in Redwood National Park. So I guess that was my first one.
2: For me, I don't remember at what age, I'm fortunate that my parents took us on a lot of like road trips. And I know when my dad had family that was visiting from Lebanon, I know we went to Redwoods. I was around five at that time. And I also remember being at that age. It wasn't with my family when they came from overseas, but other family friends. We also went to Yellowstone at that time also. And so I remember briefly as a child just smelling the sulfur and thinking, oh, it smelled like eggs. And that's like the (laughs) prominent memory I have. But I don't remember which one was first because I was so young. But one of those two, I'm sure.
1: My first national park that I ever knowingly went to was actually with you 2 when we went to Zion. Really? Yeah. And I was probably like 26. Mm -hmm. I really didn't start exploring our national parks until my adult life.
2: Better late than never though.
1: I know. That's exactly true. It's better late than never. And I've seen so many of them now. And I know if I have kids, raise kids, that's definitely going to be something that I start them young on Mm
0: -hmm. because they're so beautiful. There's so many to see. And they're all so unique. They all have something different to offer.
2: Although we have said this in previous episodes, some places are national parks that shouldn't be national park. And we have (laughs) the newest national park that just happened in March, found out a couple days ago, kind of disappointed that they made a national park. It's like a St. Louis Arch type situation. What's
1: the newest national park? It's in
2: Colorado and it was a national monument and I feel like they should have just kept it as a national monument.
1: Hmm. Yeah. They're just making all kinds of weird choices lately. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, our third and final question is coming in from Ryan Lear, and he's asking, what is the best way to visit all of California's national parks if you're coming from the East Coast?
2: Well, I think you kind of touched upon it earlier, Kim. I mean, you have to break them up unless you're planning on doing like some sort of epic road trip, doing them all at once or maybe five and four I mean, you have to really break it up. So I don't know what the best way, but I would say we've kind of narrowed it down from going north to south or starting south to north. And I would say just kind of work an area. Mm -hmm. I talked about how three of them are in the Sierra Nevada mountains, not too far from each other, Yosemite, Sequoia, Kings. Maybe if you're going to break it up, focus on that, then focus on the desert region later joshua tree and death valley national park Mm -hmm. and then coastal you know so you can break them up by region but if you're going to do an epic road trip i mean i think that would be awesome but you got to do north to south and then obviously figure out how you're zigzagging east west along that
1: yeah i think that would be a really long trip but they are kind of in clusters like you could even knock out southern central and northern
0: yeah i would i would probably plan it in like a three part trip if you were to do it all in one trip i mean nine national parks plus the drive
1: Ooh, Maybe a whole month trip. You could spend enough time in
2: each one. I would love to do this when Brittany and I have our Airstream. Now, my Airstream will not make it to Channel Islands, but I will take a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Because
1: if you're coming from the East Coast and you're seeing all these national parks, you're driving the length of California. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to want to see a few other things while you're here, too, especially in Southern California, like if you're around L.A. So, Yeah. yeah, make it a month trip. I would love to do that, even though we're here. <laughs> right now, with gas, maybe not the best, most uh, affordable option, but they're not going anywhere. All right, squaddies, that's what we have for you this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep the adventures going with us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at YouTube and Travel Squad Podcast and tag us in your adventures.
2: If you found the information in this episode to be useful or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, you know it. Please subscribe, rate and review our podcast and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes.
0: Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you.
2: Bye everybody. Bye,